Ahab that was the king and Jezebel that was the queen. And Elijah was basically subject to watching what was taking place in his country, in his hometown, to see this strange and foreign king and queen come into power and bring their strange gods and and overtake what he knew was a holy place and a holy city and, and to think once this was a consecrated place, once this was a holy nation, and now it's a nation of idolatry, and you don't have to look any further than the palace to see all these strange idols and, and gods that Elijah just, and in his spirit, I'm sure he was unsettled and, and offended every time he looked and thought about, man, this, my king is not doing what I think my king ought to be doing. My queen doesn't represent the things and the values and, and what, I, what I feel is right and true and what I know is, is according to God, and they're not living that way. And you, you think about it. He, he goes up to the king and he says, there's going to be a drought in this land. It's not going to rain again until I say it's going to rain. And the king just kind of scoffs at him. <laughs> I don't know who you are. I don't know who you think you are. Uh, but we got a good thing going here. And I'm sorry you don't agree with it, but go on ahead, strange, weird prophet guy. And we'll keep doing what we're doing. And Elijah turns and disappears. And uh, I don't know how many days went by that King Ahab felt like we're still okay. Nope. Yeah, it hasn't rained this week, but I know sometimes we go a week without rain. Or this month, I don't know. I, I was looking at my calendar recently, and uh, to my knowledge, June, I think it was 8th, 10th, around there, was the last day that registered rain in Yakima. What is this? August? So, but I don't know. We're in a drought, but it's okay because droughts, they just happen sometimes. But then the problems start to arise. Hey, king, you know, it is uh, usually we get rain by this point. Um, you know, it's, I don't know about you, but my, my cattle are looking kind of thirsty, and I, my water supply is getting kind of low. And, yeah, it hasn't rained in a while. And you know King Ahab had to be thinking back to that crazy prophet guy that said, it's not going to rain until I say it's going to rain. And uh, meanwhile, Elijah, he's just fled the country. And he's out there being fed by ravens and thinking, I know it's not raining there because it's not raining here. And it even says the stream that he was by dried up. And the Lord was sending ravens and, sending and supplying his need while he was out there. And meanwhile, word spreading, starting to spread. Hey, coming from the king, there was a guy I need to talk to. We need to find this guy. Because he said some things about the rain and the current conditions. And um, yeah, it's kind of starting to look like that. So let's, I need to get him here. I need to talk to him more. And Elijah, after being there, 
in, I wouldn't call it exile, but just fleeing. And there's nothing for me in that town because they're going through a drought spiritually, physically. The first place he goes is not back to the king when the Lord says, hey, it's time for you to move and go back to that situation. No, he goes and he finds a widow. The Lord tells him there's a widow that's going to take care of you and meet your need. I'm not sending any more ravens. The bird supply is done. And he goes into this country and he finds the widow. He says, widow. Make me something to eat. Now, I don't know how, much, how long he'd been out of touch with society and reality uh, enough to show up in the middle of a drought that's turning into a famine and finding a widow with no means and saying, you cook something for me. Stop, if you stop and think about it and be honest with yourself, if you're scraping the bottom of the barrel... In your house, and you got your mouths to feed, and a man of God shows up. I need something from you. Me? What do I have to give? (laughs) I'll tell you what I have to give. I'm this close to dying. I'm out here getting these sticks to go back and make a fire to cook my last meal. That's where I'm coming from, prophet guy. But he says, do what, do what I say, the Lord will provide. And so she does this. We know the story where she starts to provide. And it, it actually says for two years. Two years. Think about that for a second. This widow is cooking, providing for herself, her son, and the prophet. Two years go by. And every time, it looks like we're scraping the bottom here. I got a little, I don't know about tomorrow. We got a, maybe enough left for today. And we'll make this for today. But, you know, look, take a look for yourself. There, there's not a lot left in here. Two years go by in that condition. And just when she thought it wasn't going to get any, it couldn't get any worse, her son dies. Right? The son dies, and now it's just her and the prophet and this son that passed away. And it gives us a little bit of insight to Elijah. He says to the Lord, okay, Lord, you brought me here from the place where the ravens were feeding me, in the middle of this drought, in the middle of this famine, to be fed by what looks like a never-ending supply, but it also looks like a never-there supply. And then you go and you take this lady's son. What are you trying to do to to us? Why is this looking like this? But we know he prays for the son. God raises that son from the dead. And then the next place we see Elijah is heading back to Israel. And he goes and he calls for the king. 
not the other way around. He goes and he calls for the king. He finds Obadiah, a guy that works in the king's court, and he says, tell the king I want to talk to him. Time for some rain. Tell the king I want to talk to him. So they set this up, and he, he says, okay, get all the prophets of Baal. Take them up to Mount Carmel. We know this story. The, the prophets, he says, the God that answers by fire, let him be the true God. And then this visual, I know I've shared this before, but the visual of what he does when it's his turn. We know the prophets, they pray, they cry out. Nothing happens. He gives them the better half of the day into the evening for their turn. Nothing, 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 nothing. And he says, okay, my turn. In the middle of this drought and famine that's been going on several years now. And he says, take all the water you can get. I don't know how much water was left in the country, but he asked for all of Israel to be there and watch this. All of Israel, including people that you know had no water. And they see this water, and they see this prophet taking the water and dousing the meat for the sacrifice. The God that's supposed to answer with fire. And he's taking this water, and he's soaking it. Okay, that looks nice and wet. Not the best burn conditions. Nice and wet. But then he says, let's dig a trench all the way around this altar just for kicks. No, it's just for proof. And he says, let's fill this trench with water. And these guys, you saw all day long what they tried to do to, to create a God to answer by fire, and it's not happening. And so, and he's going extravagantly overboard, making it look difficult for his God to answer. Yeah, this is, guys, this is not going to be a little coincidence, what's getting ready to happen. This is not going to be a, oops, accidental little spark that caught something. No, we're removing any doubt with this trench, with this water with this soaked altar. And then he prays, Lord, it's time for you to do your thing. And we know, boom, lightning from heaven hits the altar, lights the sacrifice, fire, completely consumes the meat, the wet meat, the trench, all the water that was in that trench, it even says the stones that Elijah used to build the altar, boom, burnt up. And Israel says, his God is the true God. His God, the one that he worships, the one that he's called on, is the true God. Now think back to when he was in that desperate situation with a dead boy 
and a widow who's been barely scraping by for two years. And he's in this desperate situation. Talking to the Lord and saying, what's going on here, Lord? But he learned enough. He's learned enough to this point to know, okay, this is real. This is true. It's time to make some things happen. With my faith. Everybody say my faith. It's time to make some things happen with my faith. And he gets up from that place and he goes to the king and he does this. Oh, yeah, by the way, king, guess what's going to happen next? It's going to start to rain. In fact, if I were you, king, I would get in that chariot and I would get headed back to the palace before this road is so muddy and washed out that you can't even get your horse through there. You know what the king does this time? He saddles up and rides back. He listens to the prophet. So we see this picture of the king, all of Israel, seeing this God answer by fire and know. That's the true God. I want that type of faith in my life to where I can say, okay, God, it's time for something to happen. I know what you've done for me up to this point. The, the things that I was thanking you about here at the beginning of this service, I know that what you've done for me up to this point should be increasing my faith to the level and to the point that I can say it's time to make some things happen with my faith. Now, it's not me that I just, I don't just, just get to decide, okay, awesome. Wouldn't it be great, Lord, if, okay, go get to work on that. No. No, we're following the leading of the Spirit, but what we're doing is we are walking in faith. Amen? Would you pray with me, Lord Jesus? God, I want to walk with you in faith tonight. Jesus, I want my faith to be increased, God. I want it to be mixed with your faith. Jesus, I want it to be mixed with your faith and with your word. God, that as you lead, I would follow. And that I would follow with faith believing, God. That you are the true God. That you are the one true God. God, I want my life to be an example to others, Jesus. And a witness to others of your power and your ability. In the name of Jesus, why don't you just stand with me? Let's give the Lord some worship tonight. Holy are you, Father. Holy are you, Father. We acknowledge you as the true and sovereign God. God, the things in your word are still true today. We believe, Lord, with all of our heart, God, that the things recorded in your word, the things spoken by your word, by your voice, God, they apply to my life. God, they're relevant to my life. Jesus, that's what I'm longing for. That's what I'm hungry for, Lord Jesus. I need more of your spirit. God, I need more of your direction. God, I need more of your voice speaking into my life. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Let me shake somebody's hand right there where you're standing. Tell them they look amazing. Praise God.
Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. The scripture says that faith comes by what? Hearing. You can be seated for a minute. Faith comes by what? Hearing. Hearing what? Faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by... Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I've never thought about this before. Faith comes by hearing... And hearing by the word of God. It doesn't say faith comes by hearing the word of God. It says faith comes by hearing. But before you get faith, you've got to get hearing. It's possible. I know, unfortunately, from my own experience. Sometimes we just want faith, but we don't want to take the time for the hearing. And it doesn't say, and well, we already said it. Hearing comes by the word of God. As we fellowship him and fellowship his word, our hearing becomes better. The word of God there isn't the written word of God. It's not the logos. It's the rhema of God, the uttered, spoken word, declared word of God, the living word of God. That's where hearing comes from. I, uh, I was in communication with Brother John's in Idaho today, and he asked us to pray for him, and I've been doing that. I haven't prayed for God to heal him yet. I mean, I, I haven't had that. I mean, I, I'm waiting on that word. <laughs> Lord, give me the right word to say here. And so when I, when I, when I was praying for him tonight, I was literally, I was praying, God, there's a reason he's continuing in this process that he's in. You know exactly where he is. And, and God, I don't understand it. But I recognize that your hand is upon his life. I recognize that you have your hand upon his family. I recognize that if you wanted to take his life, you could have done that a little while back when he was really battling some stuff. There's something that he's, whatever he's going through, Lord, your hand is in this. You know where he is. And so all I had the liberty to pray was, God, give him peace in the middle of all of this. Let your peace cover him in this. Let his faith not waver that you're right there with him. Let his confidence in you not waver. And let your purpose in all of this be realized. And I have faith that God answered that prayer. I really do.
my uh, my wife and I have been married a little while. There's times where she'll say something to me, and then we'll get a little further down the way in time, and I'll I'll ask her a question about it. She's like, "That's what I was just talking to you about." I'm probably the only one that's ever happened to. Brother Jester, you've never done that, have you? No. See? And she's like, Joel, I was just talking to you about that. I'm like, babe, I'm sorry. No, that's generally what I hope I say. I mean, I was like, what? Sometimes I'm like, no, you thought that, but you didn't say that because I'm convinced you did. Right. Some of you men could say amen, right? You know, support me here. Like, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. No, yeah. And uh, did I did I hear her talking? Well, yeah. There was some discernment of sound. I I, I know I'm digging here. I, this is being transparent. But the reality was, it was already evidenced. I wasn't hearing. Right. It was evidenced. I wasn't hearing. Hearing comes by the word of God. We need the word of God. And sometimes that is the preached or taught word of God, right? There's rhema that comes. Ideally, it's the living word of God, something that's spoken and teaching or preaching or a one-on-one Bible study or ministry where the word of God comes to you and I and, and it speaks to where we are. And man, faith arises in our heart because that's not because, wow, man, that speaker was somebody. No, 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 no. It was the living word of God that produced faith in your or my life. If the only time I receive the word of God is through teaching or preaching, I have limited faith at best. At best. Can you imagine if I just talked with my wife on Wednesday and Sunday? Without a closet of prayer where I'm fellowshipping him. Where I'm fellowshipping him. Not trying to convince him to do what I want. Fellowshipping him. Notice, faith doesn't come by telling God what I want. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So there's got to be something happening in my closet of prayer that's hearing, not talking. That's fellowshipping Him. Communion with Him. Time with Him. And allowing His Spirit to speak to me. You say, well, is that always an audible voice? No. Matter of fact, to the best of my recollection, God's never spoke to me in an audible voice. But the scripture says in Isaiah, the Lord said with stammering lips and another tongue, will God speak to his people? Jude said it this way, speaking of faith. He said, pray in the Holy Ghost or praying in the spirit, building up your most holy faith. How would praying in the Spirit build up my faith? Well, apparently, when I'm praying in the Spirit, 
what's happening is exactly what Isaiah prophesied when he said, when the Lord said through Isaiah with stammering lips and another tongue, will I speak to my people? And so when I begin praying in the spirit, I am fellowshipping the spirit of God. And even when I don't realize it, he is speaking to me. Why? Because his word, the logos, the plan, the idea, the will, the design of God says that with stammering lips and another tongue, he'll speak to his people. And so when I begin to pray in the spirit, yielding to the spirit of God, the word of God is fulfilled in my life. And God begins to speak into my spirit and I begin to have direction and instruction and faith because faith is elevated by what? What does faith come by? Hearing. And where do I get hearing? By the word of God. The question regarding faith starts with, okay, what am I hearing? And then if I'm hearing... What am I doing to hear the word of God? Or what am I doing that's keeping me from hearing the word of God? The voice of God in my life. I um, This is important. This is important for where we are. And where the Lord is taking us. The Lord never intended... After Calvary, after his ascension, after the day of Pentecost, after the birth of the church, he never intended a single or two or three prophet system any longer. That was Old Testament. That was Old Testament. We don't live under the old covenant anymore. His plan is now that all of us could boldly approach the throne of grace. Every one of us have access to him. His plan was to speak with us. You understand. I got to be careful here. You understand this concept of a. Well, I'm just going to say it. Of a priest, a father. They use that term. The scripture says called no man father. The idea of a priest or father that is the go-between between you and God. That you would confess to. That would be the say-all and do-all to you. That's not of God. We understand that. That's a controlling element. It's a controlling The scripture is very clear. There is one mediator. One mediator between God and man. The man Christ Jesus. That is his purpose, plan, and design for you and I in relationship with him. And so in our closet of prayer, we fellowship him. And he communes with us and faith is elevated in our lives. It's important for us to walk and fulfill the will and the work of God in our lives. Does God send men and women and people of God along the journey that speak rhema into our lives? Absolutely, we understand that that's his plan as well. But it's never to eliminate the need and responsibility for us to be in personal relationship and be hearing his voice. I was marked this morning. I was reading in Genesis. 
You ever, you ever needed an answer or direction from God or wanted an answer? Or Raise your hand if you've ever needed, wanted, direction, answer from God. Look at that, all of us. Yeah. And so, um, you like start watching for signs or indicators. Anybody ever done that? Some of you. Some of you are chuckling. You say, I know the answer, right? Look, we're human, right? We're human. Let's. Every one of us. Reach over and pinch. No, don't do that. Yeah, every one of us are human. Humanity. And so, yeah, we're, we want to. And I, there's an element that God has created in our humanity that says, you know what? I don't want you to have this full level of confidence in your own decision making. Because I want you leaning on hearing my voice. And then when we hear his voice, then we can act with confidence. I was reading Genesis this morning. You know, Noah had quite the interesting story. Again, he was a man like you and I. Can you imagine the Lord coming and saying, build a boat? Not a boat. Build an ark. Build it like this, like this. Use this kind of wood. Do this on the inside, this on the outside. Put the window here. Put the door here. Do this, do that. This is how big, long. What? Okay, Lord. And what's this for? It's going to rain. Okay, what's that? I'm going to make water come from the sky, and it's going to cover the earth. Okay, that's never happened before. I know, but I'm going to make it happen. Build it. Oh, yeah, we act like, man, if I was Noah, that would have been great. The Lord just told me what to do, and I just did it. And Right. Scripture tells us clearly, by faith, Noah. Well, Noah wasn't baptized with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Where did that faith come from? I know where the faith came from. He heard the word of God. The word of God declared to him. Matter of fact, read Hebrews 11 again. I know we talked about this Sunday. I won't go back down. But go read Hebrews 11 again. Read all those different stories. By faith, Abraham offered his only son, Isaac. By faith, where did he get the faith to go offer his son? We'll go back to the scriptures and look in Genesis chapter 22. The Lord said, Abraham, take now thy son, thine only son, Isaac. Where'd faith come from? He heard the word of God. So Noah, this human being like you and I, takes the instruction of the Lord, builds the boat. The Lord takes him in. He's preaching for 120 years. He's a preacher of righteousness. And the door, the Lord tells him to get in. And the Lord closes the door and it begins to rain. Floods the earth. He's been on there a while. Rains 40 days and 40 nights. I don't remember the exact math, but he's on that boat for a few months. And um, he's probably ready to get off. You ever been ready to just get off the boat? Well, out of the car. Yeah. You know, you're ready to just, okay, thank you, Lord. Thank you for what you've done here. Thank you for this. Thank you for this. And, and I don't necessarily mean geographically. You understand? It's just like, Lord, let's change this now. You know, it stinks in here. Not here, the boat. Right? It, it's starting to smell. Just, I mean, we got a lot of animals here, Lord. And you put them on here. And they're doing what animals do. And, yeah. And, I mean, there's a lot of space. But, you know, your whole family, in-laws for months. Yeah. They were as human as we are. 
And so the rain stops. And so Noah does what any human being would do. Read it. It's in Genesis 8. He says, let me see if it's time for me to get out of here. And he takes a raven and sends it out the window. What's he doing? He's putting feelers out. Looking for a sign. Now, I've never seen this before. This is the way the Lord was talking to me this morning when I'm reading Genesis. He was looking for a sign. Sends out the raven. The raven doesn't come back. Then he thinks, you know, that's probably not a real good sign. Those birds that eat anything. I better send a dove out because I won't just eat anything, right? And so he sends a dove out and the dove comes back. And the scripture, the way it reads, says, because the dove had no place to rest the sole of his foot. And so he understands that the water hasn't yet abated from the earth. And so he waits, I think, seven days or something like that. Scripture He sends the dove out again. Well, the dove comes back again. This time the scripture says it's plucked an olive branch and it has it there. And so he understands, okay, the waters begin to abate from the earth. And so he waits a little longer. And the third time he sends out, what's, he's, he's checking. Now? Can I go now, Lord? Can this change now, Lord? Lord, can, can this change now, Lord? Lord's trying to help somebody right now. I'm feeling all kinds of stuff. So, Lord, can this change now? Can this change now? I'm sending out another dove. Can this change? And the third time he sends the dove out, it doesn't come back. Which means the earth is dried. He can now go. But you know what's interesting? He doesn't move. Read it. The scripture says, and Noah waited seven more days. Anybody know what he did on the eighth day? Did he decide, okay, you know what? I gave it seven days. The dove didn't come back. I think we're good. I'm going ahead and getting off here. It's not what he did. Read the scripture. He says, and the Lord spoke to Noah and said, go forth from the ark. Go forth from the ark. Did the Lord judge him for sending things out? No. The Lord understood his humanity. The Lord knew. And I believe. I mean, obviously he could look out the window and tell it's not raining anymore. So he can tell. There's the day's coming. I'm not on here much longer. I'm about to get off this boat. But sometimes we can see change coming and we'll not wait on the word of God. And so we'll act not out of faith, but out of anxiety. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. I think it's good, probably wise to send a raven and a dove. And I think the Lord honors that. But I still have to hear the word of the Lord. This is important in our lives. We must still hear the word of the Lord. Why? Because once I've heard the word of the Lord, I can move in faith. 
That's not faith I believe, I hope. That's faith in I'm confident in what I'm doing because I have a word from God. Amen? Why don't we stand together tonight? Praise God. Praise God. Read Hebrews 11. Look at all of those characters of faith. Everything that you find that they did by faith, you go back to the Old Testament and you'll see they acted on a word from God. Doesn't mean, man, I wish I had the faith that they did to. You have greater access than they did. You're filled with the Spirit of God. Act in faith. The problem is, I don't like waiting seven days if I know the dove hasn't come back. Amen. Praise God. Lord, we thank you tonight for your goodness. For your great mercy. Every step of our lives, when we submit it to you, you will order. Your word is certain. The steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. Your way is right. You are right, Father. You are just. I pray the word of God in our lives. Our ear be sensitive to your voice. Our ear be in tune with your word. Waiting upon you. Trusting you. Moving as you lead. Led of your spirit, Father. That your will would be accomplished in and through us. For the glory of God and the purpose of God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. We're excited tonight. At youth convention. Was it this past youth convention? Is that right? Yeah. At this past youth convention, the Lord filled Violet with the gift of the Holy Ghost. What a beautiful thing that is. Amen. And uh, so she's going to be baptized tonight in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're excited for that. She's like, I really want to do this before my sister leaves. Because also, tonight, right after service here, if you have time, we have a, um, we have a cake. Cake and some lemonade and... We're just going to uh, maybe a little something else for Sister Jasmine um, because she is heading off to Bible college and um, we're excited by that and for that. Matter of fact, Jasmine, I'm going to ask you to come. I didn't plan on doing this, but I think this is important. Amen. I'll ask Joe and Autumn to come too. You won't feel like you're standing all alone. How's that? You're welcome. So you guys can look this way. They can stare at your backs. So these kids have sort of been there, done that a little bit. Uh, my wife and I have sort of been there. Done. Jasmine, this is her first year off to Bible college, and this is Sister Tisha's first year. With Jasmine off to Bible college. 
I'm probably praying more for Sister Tisha than I am Sister Jasmine. You guys might want to help us with that. But I've I've watched Sister Jasmine over these last, I guess, has it been almost four years now? Three and a half? Yeah, just over three years since the Lord brought her this way. And you have all watched her. You've watched the hand of God on her life. You've watched her a time or two for just a couple of minutes. You've even, if you've been here, you've seen her take this microphone and share a thing or two and just have a witness of the clarity in the word of the Lord. She's taught in classrooms and done so faithfully. Many of you don't know for the last several months, Sister Jasmine has faithfully cleaned the building prior to services. And she's just served. And we tried and pushed because she was not getting a job. And she knew she was going to go to school. And we tried and pushed about, you know, why don't you let us do something to, we appreciate you cleaning the church. We'd like to do something to compensate you. Thank you. And she's like, oh, no, no way. She wasn't trying to be arrogant or no. She genuinely wanted to, and she's done it with that kind of heart. And so as an elder, I'm, it's a little bittersweet for me too, Mom, probably not like you. But to see her go, Bitter because she brings great value to the body. Sweet because the Lord has a plan in his hands on her life. And I'll tell all three of you, a couple of you have heard this already. The Lord did not call you to Stockton. It's a season. He has a purpose there. All right, I believe that. I want us to pray for these young people as we send them out. Joel will be leaving on Saturday morning. Autumn and Jasmine will be leaving on Monday morning, so they'll be with us on Sunday as well, the two young ladies. But can we pray and send them as the body of Christ, praying the hand of God upon their lives and His will? The Lord's doing things in them in this season, and the body's going to reap as a result. Amen. Why don't you guys step forward? Could we just come around them before we transition here? Amen. There's plenty of room. Come on in around there. You may not be able to get hands on all of them. That's all right. But just gather around. And we want to send them with the blessing of the church. Amen. Uh something you may not know uh, but I think it's good for you to know through your faithfulness in giving uh, each of these students did a video and the same with the students of Life Church and our Puyallup congregation that are going and Life Church gives them a help a scholarship towards their tuition uh, in helping them there it doesn't cover the bulk of it, but it's a help to them, and it's a blessing, and that's a reason. So you're participating in that. If you're faithful in your finances to the kingdom, you're participating in sending them financially. Amen? And so let's pray for them and send them with blessing.
Pray the work and the will of God with them and through them. I believe the Lord uses their life on the campus. Amen. He uses their life. Amen. Let's pray together right now. In the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you, Lord. Pray the hand of God and the leading of the Spirit of God upon our Praise God. Amen. So we're going to have Sister Violet get ready. And we will baptize her in Jesus' name. What a night for Sister Tisha. Amen. Praise God. Sarah Grace. 